Hello and Love welcome. Radio. Hello and welcome, and this is Cindy Meyer, and this is the weekly Spirit Seeker Hour brought to you by Spirit Seeker Magazine. We have been published online since 1998, uh, started in 1997, and each year we continue to grow our online readers, but also have a print version of the magazine in the Midwest. So we have two different versions of the magazine. If you um, uh, if you are in the Midwest, you are fortunate enough to be able to find the magazine in over 300 locations in Chicago. Uh, St. Louis, over 300 locations in Kansas City, um, about 125 locations. In addition, we support the arts and anyone doing a wonderful job with enhancing the mind, body, spirit with a conference to bring people together to meet the people in the communities that are doing the work. So we sponsor a lot of um, conferences in the Midwest and beyond, and we also um, support things happening nationally and um, internationally. So we have the, the monthly magazine. We also have a weekly email newsletter, and we also have this weekly radio show. So um, there are ways that you can get involved, and the way that you can get involved and support Spirit Seeker is to ask to be added to our email list. We do not sell our list, but we do allow excuse me, people uh, doing works, uh, conferences, authors uh, promoting books, etc., to advertise on our list. So if you um, ask to be added to our email list, then you will get notices of when um, the magazine is online, which is normally the very first day of each month, and then we'll let you know who the radio show guests are and what other fabulous uh, events are going on throughout the United States, etc. So just send us an email to info, I-N-F-O, at spiritseeker.com, asking to be added to that list. We also ask that you tell your friends about it. The radio shows are archived the minute they are finished, So, and we know you listen because we see the stats, um, and we know how many are live listens and how many are, are listens when it's convenient. So we're grateful for that, but you can always share um, share the, the link to the radio show or just go to Spirit Seeker site and click on the radio uh, icon in the left-hand corner, and it will get you there. The other thing um, before we get started with our show is that <clears throat> we do periodic drawings for books, CDs, DVDs, etc. products, um, because, you know, it's like Santa Claus's house, truly, each week we get wonderful, wonderful samples and, um, you know, books that, you know, are just fabulous. And so we bless you with giving, uh, giving those away to the people who are on our email list uh, each week. <clears throat> now, something new for 2017 we are becoming a little more involved with grassroots efforts on how we can support our communities in um, supporting the people who are doing the good work. And I, by the good work, I'm, I'm branching out with the green movement, with our rights, with gay and lesbian uh, activities and transgender, uh, to support these communities, to support the immigrants. Each and every city in the United States has been blessed with having beautiful immigrants come into their cities. And so we will be profiling these, um, these different uh, organizations that are doing the work, and we need your help. So if you have an organization that you know could use a little bit of uh, light shined on them because people are making donations, we've seen what has happened with, you know, since the election. This is going to continue. People in the United States and beyond are awake now, and so we are going to do our civil duty and our best to help support each and every um, we can't support every one of them, but we're going to do as many as we can. So one of the things that we will be doing in January is um, profiling some of the different restaurants that are owned by immigrants in some of the different cities. But um, our online magazine is read by people all over the United States and into Canada and beyond. We will also be translating the magazine starting in 2017 to two additional languages and uh, working on the international component. Okay, so that's that. Uh, if you want to be part of helping us in any way, shape, or form, please send an email to info at spiritseeker.com. That's our general mailbox. I'm the publisher. I manage that, and I will see that it gets to the appropriate person. Okay, all announcements are now finished. We are going into our fabulous show. Tonight, it is my pleasure to uh, introduce Dr. Uh, Natalia Rose Scott. She is an amazing woman who works with people all over the world, uh, helping them accelerate their spiritual growth 
through the different tools and tips that she offers. She is renowned for her unique contribution to humanity through the creation of the Accelerated Spiritual Growth Curriculum, and then she has tools that go with that. These, um, this curriculum offers unprecedented uh, opportunities to achieve and support the evolution of consciousness and it amplifies what you can do in one lifetime, which is what we're talking about here. We're talking about coming together in new ways and really amping it up and doing as much good as we can. And Dr. Uh, Scott's compassionate nature and dynamic personality and everything that she brings to her products and her teachings are an inspiration to audiences around the world. She, in addition, has a Ph.D. in spiritual and therapeutic counseling with over 25 years as a counselor and intuitive, a speaker and a teacher. She is also an author of two award-winning books, The Ascension Oracle, Guidance for Accelerated Spiritual Growth, and Poems from the Garden of Love, Words of Light and Inspiration. The products are beyond words, and I, you know, I will tag in and, you know, share occasionally, but uh, Dr. Scott will share. She offers individual flower essences for both adults and children. They are, there's just a whole, there's so many series of them, and the products are amazing, but they work with helping children and adults achieve that amplified um, stimulus for, for growth, etc. All of the essences are handmade and energetically um, harvested in, in, in their urban garden, but they grow everything and, you know, there's different spiritual masters and uh, ascended masters that the energy is drawn in, but I'll let uh, Natalia talk about that. So let me bring my guest on. Dr. Natalie, are you there? Hi, Cindy. Yes, thank you for the lovely introduction of me. But also, I just want to commend you for your expanded work on behalf of all people. It's wonderful. Wonderful. I loved your introduction. I'm with you. Oh, bravo. <laughs> because, yes, exactly. you know, I think that's, you know, when you when you look, you know, so many people, you know, were in despair or people who had their candidate um, elected and then not celebrated it's there's just been so many different feelings that have been stirred up and i think the good that has come from it is that people are saying what could i what could i have done differently or what could i do um to help in different ways and that's why you know i think there's there's always good and we know that there's there's different spectrums as you know with the work that you do so i'm going to yeah. i'm going to be quiet for a moment and just let us hear about your journey i mean i know a good part of your journey but there's a lot i don't know so whatever you want to share and i will tag in every once in a while <clears throat> well you know i'm heading towards 60 so it's been a, it's been a long journey now and the story gets the story gets longer. Uh, my The focus of my life really is healing trauma. It's been the focus of my personal life. It's the focus of my work with other people. I primarily work with women. My specialty is supporting women in healing trauma. And I came to it, you know, Cindy, like most of us on the spiritual path doing our work, we come through our own uh, personal experience and I'm a sexual abuse survivor and that that basically was the theme of my childhood I grew up with a great deal of abuse and I awoke at 28 years old and I knew I just knew that my journey was a healing journey and I entered psychotherapy had a wonderful wonderful therapist she was renowned in Toronto as really one of the best people to work with uh, for women who had been sexually abused. And I started training as a therapist almost immediately because I just also knew that that was my calling. So after five years of, you know, really working on myself and also studying a lot of alternative modalities, even back then, just 30 years ago, Toronto was a mecca for, um, for the New Age, I, I was still really struggling, and my therapist was studying chronic pain management. She said, you know, I just don't know how someone can come back from so much trauma. So that was, that was the moment I made the decision that I was coming back, that I would find the way back, and that I would teach 
uh, the world what I learned. In fact, I went home the night after I had this very difficult conversation with the therapist where she said, you know, I don't know how you come back. Nobody knows how someone can come back from so much trauma. I had a good talk with the universe in which I declared, you know, empowered prayer. I didn't know that's what it was at the time. And I declared I am healing and I will share what I learn with the world. And I've spent a great deal of time in China in the last few years. And when I tell that story, the women in China, you know, they cry that there I am traveling the world to support them. So I became a pioneer then in the field of of trauma. And it turns out really, you know, where it led me to to this curriculum for accelerated spiritual growth. I, we, you know, many of us have been healing a long time, and the path on Earth has historically been incremental. So we've had lots of lifetimes where we've been growing, and still we land in this lifetime with a lot of challenges, a lot of inner challenges, and a lot of trauma. So my my work has been about how do we accelerate? How do we accelerate the healing journey? How do we accelerate? our path to transcendence, how do we accelerate our path to enlightenment and ultimately ascension, which is our graduation from the wheel of karma. So so it's been a long time. I've been bringing through the curriculum for accelerated spiritual growth for 20 years, almost 18, 20 years, quite a long time. It's a large body of work, and at the heart of it are the flower essences that you referred to. So, you know, I guess our, I don't, I, Cindy, I think our topic tonight might be healing trauma because that's really, I think that what I can offer listeners uh, is my unique um, understanding as to how we can come back from anything, how we can transcend the darkest of dark and, um, and you know, end up triumphant. I am on the other side of suffering. I I really am. Now, I know suffering is a perception. My life, though I still have challenges, as you know, um, my life is a peaceful, happy um, experience, and that's the result of healing so much trauma. So the the way out of all of our, um, what we would call suffering, is healing trauma. So I'll pause there and Shall I keep going, or do you want to? No, no. I, you know, I, I think that's a beautiful um, segue into. Um, I do want to mention if you want to ask uh, Dr. Natalia a question tonight, all you have to do is press one star on your phone, and then that will alert me that uh, you want to ask a question. And if you are strictly wanting to listen, that is fine as well. Um, so I, I guess my question is this: You know, we've we've heard the, you know, the different theories on the wounded healer. That um, many times, some of the most gifted people who later turn out to be the guides and the the helpers, shall we say, with yeah. awakening people, um, often had very traumatic childhoods. And mm-hmm. um, and then you know, I remember one of my teachers saying, "You get it. You always get it at." some point. So either, you know, the children who have the terrible childhoods and could really whine about it the rest of their life if they chose to have a, have a, you know, hopefully find a way to transcend that and then become transcenders or catalyst, um, catalyst for other people to know that, you know, there, there is hope. And then the people who had the beautiful childhoods oftentimes hit the middle age and they're like, wait a minute, this isn't what I signed on for. I thought it was going to be just like blah, 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 and this is really hard. You know, I, I really liked it better back there. Or the people who have, you know, these beautiful idyllic families and everything has gone great and their middle age has gone great, and then they hit the older years and they're like, what? I'm not prepared for this. What in the world? So, you know, we all have these different times and I loved how you said I'm on the other side and, you know, but I still have my things because, you know, what is it the Dalai Lama says? It's not what comes your way. It's a matter of how you, um, with your spiritual tools and your awareness is how you respond, you know, and that's really what I think a lot of your work, you know, is offering. It's saying, okay, we know that, you know, this is there, but how can we transcend that and get you back like into the land of the living, shall we say? Okay, so you raised a, a, 
I know how intuitive you are because I've worked with you before. So I love what you've raised. So a couple of things. Um, lifelong healing. So I'm on the other side of suffering and I'm still healing because I believe that I believe that this is a karmic plane of existence, that we come here. Karma, karma represents, only represents unhealed traumas from our past lives and that we come here to heal. There's, I believe there's only one reason we're on this earth and it's to heal. And those past life traumas the, are reactivated primarily during the first 12 years of our childhood. It, they, it can be later. And they're reactivated through traumatic experiences that we have as children. And there, there's our karma and our opportunity, therefore, to transcend it in one way or another. When we complete the, the healing of trauma, this life and past life, when we erase those imprints from our consciousness, then we've completed the purpose of life on earth. So as long as we are alive, then there is healing work to do. And, and I think especially for the more mature spiritual seekers, there's a tendency to, to think, to become complacent or to think, you know, I, I, you know, I really know it all, what's new? And that, that is very limiting right now because right now there's a new paradigm of spiritual growth emerging and I am um, writing about it and documenting and teaching it. So anyway, lifelong healing is one message. Also, when you're talking about trauma and it kind of sneaks up on people, like you were saying, some people had a much better childhood than others, and then later in life they're wondering, well, things aren't working and why. And so let's talk about what trauma is, because when I talk about trauma, so many people will say to me, you know, I'm not sure I have trauma. And so I have permission from one of my clients that was here not long ago, and this is the trauma she was dealing with. She was five years old, and she wanted to model for the Sears catalog. And, you know, she's about my age, so that's a long time ago. And she was practicing her little twirls and, you know, uh, um, practicing her poses and was really excited about this. Well, she wasn't accepted by the Sears catalog. Uh, They told her that her bottom was too big. Okay. And so she didn't even, she had, she had suppressed that and wouldn't have thought it was a trauma except that where our work together led was, was to this, you know, oh my gosh, I'm just remembering this experience with the Sears. So, and her father's response was, well, dear, I'll help you, I'll help you lose some weight. And, um, you know, he basically went to work to assist her to change her body because he thought that was the way to support her. Well, it turns out she was actually not a very big child. She just didn't fit the, you know, the, the idea of Sears at the time of what a five-year-old model would look like. And so that was very traumatic for her because it left her you know, feeling inadequate, and this is what she's feeling now. It left her feeling inadequate. It left her afraid to make a mistake, you know, um, because of the ramifications, afraid to be less than perfect. So trauma comes in many forms. And often what as adults we never think was a trauma is traumatic to the sensitive little developing heart. And so we all have trauma, and regardless of what the trauma is, it's equally difficult. This is what I've learned. Whether it's sexual abuse or something else, when you're that little child, it's just as hard for you. I totally totally get it. You know, I mean, it's interesting. I, um, you know, I've done this work, we both have for a long time, and you still all of a sudden are just like, whoa, I never thought about that. And, you know, one of the things for me was this awareness. I think I was working with a client. That's how it happened. I was working with a client who had changed schools four times in two years, just the way mm-hmm. – you know, it went with the uh, the family, you know, the father was transferred and got a promotion. And then, you know, and that was, you know, and her whole thing was every time I would start to, like, make friends and get settled, then we would have to be uprooted again and move again. And I had never really thought about the fact that um, I went to one school for kindergarten, then another school for first, second, and third grade, then another school 
or half of fourth grade and then moved to the new house and went to another school in fourth grade. And, of course, by this time, I was a giant. I, I was, you know, I was very tall. At age nine, I was developed and started my period, at, at you know, right when I first uh, turned 10. And so I remember walking into the class, and this kid in the class, this was the new school, saying, oh, the Jolly Green Giant. Uh-huh. And then there were two other kids named Cindy, so they told me I couldn't be called Cindy because that would be too confusing. So then all of a sudden I became Cynthia, and I really, that was never the name that I liked, you know. And so I just remember that year being, you know, just this, you know, this interest, but I had never thought about it. Natalie, I had never mm-hmm. thought about, you know, all oh. those changes. Plus, I was adopted in second grade. So in the middle of one of those years, I, I, uh, my whole name was changed. And so, you know, I mean, when you look back, I, you know, there were a lot of things back there. But really, I, w- I, was, I was very similar to your age. I was 29 when I started therapy and um, was fortunate enough to – you know, do therapy for, for quite a long time and then got into breath work. And, I mean, I could tell you every single one of my um, things, although it, it's interesting that the adoption, the name change, and the schools never came up in all the therapy that I did. Never once was that even, you know, brought Isn't up. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. I thought it was very interesting. And, you know, and mm-hmm. I have had a tendency to attract adopted individuals to my practice, my coaching practice, for years. And it's because... Even though I was not adopted at birth, I understand the complexities of adoption and what, you know, I just have more of a, an understanding. And, I, you know, I've often thought, you know, thank goodness, you know, that I've used all of that trauma, so to speak. And mm-hmm. after yeah. I've transcended it, it has helped me to, to guide other people along the way. Yeah. So I have a question for you. So what, where did you live until grade two? Did you, were, you, were you an orphan? <sighs> No, I was raised, my mother, oh, it's really interesting, so my mother and father were married, had my older brother, and divorced. And then it, and it was never that my parents didn't like each other, it's just my father was, you know, had a lot of problems with addiction. So my mom and dad were at a party together, and the next thing you know, they're pregnant with me, and they remarried because my father is like, no son of mine is going to have an illegitimate brother or sister, we're getting married. My mom did not want to get married again, but she felt boxed in and didn't know what to do. So they remarried because of me. And then by the time I was one year old, they were divorced again. And, you know, it was just a lot of confusion. And my mom was a nervous wreck the whole pregnancy. And it's funny when you were talking about the the client that wanted to be a model, you know, for Sears Roebuck, but she had, you know, the the disproportionate body for what they were looking for. My mom used to tell me as a kid, the you know, you've had a fat butt since the day you were born. Well, when I look at my pictures of myself as an infant I look like a child from you know one of the countries where they're starving children the only thing that had any fat deposits was my butt everything else was just like you know because my mom weighed 98 pounds when she delivered me oh my goodness so you know it's like so so when I was in second grade okay so my mom remarried by the time I was three years old and had another child all lived within one year and then um and then my father continued to be, like, not the best father. And, um, I mean, only because of his addiction. He he was a charming man when he was uh, not in active in his addictions, but that didn't, you know, happen until much later. So when we were in second grade, you know, he gave us – he allowed our stepfather to adopt us. And it was really – you know, it was a blessing, but back then, you know – Everybody had the same name. So I had four younger brothers, and I'm almost finished with the story, but four younger brothers who all had the same, we all had the same last name once we were adopted. And so they never knew we had a different father. It was never discussed. You know, we were just, you know, we all had the same last name. We all acted like we were a happy family, and, you know, pretty much we were. But there was still this whole part of our lives that was never discussed. So when I opened up Pandora's box at age 19 and I wanted to know who this man was who, you know, it wasn't that I didn't love my stepfather. I just wanted to, you know, I was always the one in the family that would stir the pot and want to know. And when I got into breath work, you know, I saw things. I saw things 
pre, you know, pre-birth, you know, I was able to journey back and, and I just, you know, not everyone gets that, but I firmly believe that we are shown whatever it is, you know, just like, you know, regression work, you know, how you mentioned uh-huh. that so much of our, our work is, you know, from the karma from before. And I, and, you know, so I was able to get a lot of information and I remember, <laughs> I remember asking my mom, you know, did this happen? And she just turned white and she said, why are you asking me this? And I said, look, I just want to know, did it happen, yes or no? And she said, only once. But how could you possibly know that? And I said, mm. because I felt your terror. And I said, I just wanted to know. And she goes, when are you going to be finished asking me these questions? I said, when I'm finally at peace and figure it out. I said, I, there's information that doesn't make sense with the way, um, you know, there's certain things, you know, and we know it. And you don't really know where it comes from a lot of times. I mean, I was lucky, you know, to to – you know, lucky to get some of the glimpses and lucky to, you know, have some of the tribe, like my aunt say, oh, no, yeah, no, you got that one wrong. This is how it went. You know, I mean, because a lot of times with these secrets in families, no one talks about them. Yes, and they're always problematic. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then the secrets, secrets are where people don't know, you know, they don't know. <laughs> You know, like there's almost like a, um, I mean, I had one client who was 16 before they even told him that his father wasn't his father. And it was only because he was starting to date a half-blood sister and didn't know it because he didn't know the story. His biological father had been part of the friend group from, for forever, but no, they all colluded to not telling him who his real father was. And that father had a, a child who was his half-sister. And then, you know, I mean, then they had to tell him kind of because, you know, it was complicated. <laughs> so secrets are usually, you know, usually connected to shame. We we hide yeah. what we feel ashamed of, you know, and that that's always problematic. So before, so thank you for sharing so openly about your story. And I guess I want to say to your listeners that, um, it can seem like talking about trauma is depressing. I, I have embraced the richness of facing uh, the, the trauma that we carry and healing it because the transformation is, and who we become through the journey is such a great gift. So I know I work with some people, and I'm sure you do, Cindy, too, who, who, who still want to fight you know, the difficulties, and they don't want to face them. The truth is, it's much easier to face, face what's coming up and work with it than it is to run from it. And when you face it and work your way through it, then when it's real healing, you experience such a liberation. So I want to talk about the new paradigm of healing, if that's okay. Absolutely, there, absolutely. Okay, that's is, what this is all about, getting from the here to there. Yep. Okay, so there is, you know, there really is a new paradigm, and and it's new for all of us. It doesn't matter how much work we've done. It's the it's the new opportunity that's emerging, and one of the things that distinguishes this new level of work is feeling versus emotion. And I really want to talk about this because I some of the women teachers I really respect are talking a lot about, uh, especially after the election, you know, get it out, feel it, you know, shout it out. And all of that is good, and it's not the kind of healing that brings us to final resolution of something. So if, if uh, any of the listeners are facing a repetitive dynamic in their life, for me, uh, being a sexual abuse survivor, it was difficult relationships with men. I was... I was divorced twice by the time I was 33, and I, I am now. I've been in a, a beautiful partnership for 19 years. My early life was characterized by really, really difficult relationships. So, if you're in, if you're in a repetitive cycle of difficult relationships or health issues or whatever, whatever you know, you just can't get yourself out of something. That's always a sign that there's trauma. If you're with a partner that has an addiction, a sexual addiction, alcoholism, it's a sign, uh, it's a call for your healing, okay, because that codependency with, the, with people who have addictions is based in unhealed trauma. So anyway, 
that so that the difference between emotion and feeling. So emotion is generally our response to the outer world is is what I would call emotional because feeling emotion emotion is response to the outer world. You know, I, working with people who are going through some difficult situations, whether it's divorces or whatever, and uh, divorce is on my mind because I'm getting ready to teach a class on separation and divorce or to, to, teach, to facilitate a workshop of healing around that. And, you know, we can be, feel so angry and so betrayed by the person that we're separating from and so disillusioned. And we do have to process those emotions. None of that has anything to do with what I call spiritual healing. And none of that accelerates our spiritual growth. And that is the work of therapy. And it is the work that most of us have done. And it's the work that brought us into balance and earned us the right to go through the portal to the new level of healing. And so when, so, so when we're responding to the outer world, and especially if there's any intensity, then they, we're experiencing emotions. And while they're a natural part of the human condition, they have nothing to do with healing. What we're just beginning is the true opening of the heart center whereby we experience feelings. Feelings are subtle. They are self-oriented. They reflect self-responsibility. They aren't about another person. And, um, and so I work, I always kinesiology test people when they come into my circle about where are you one to ten. And it is very rare in any group that I work with that a person is beyond, let's say, two, two to three out of ten in terms of developing what I call the feeling aspect of the human sensory system. So that that uh, so the work of developing that the true ability to feel to learn when we're emoting versus when we're feeling to step out of emotion which is dramatic you know um, then this is key to the to the new to the new paradigm uh, and I, I want I would like to talk about the trauma recovery solutions too Cindy you've got them does that sound oh my like gosh they're amazing so. Yeah, so listeners, here are some of the titles, and um, Dr. Natalia will talk about it. Awakening Sensitivity, Being Nurtured, Developing Empathy. Another one that I've been using quite a bit is Finding Liberation. Um, I've actually been working with all of them, but the Finding Liberation and the Restoring Trust and Taking Shelter. I just started working with the Taking Shelter. Um, They're fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. So let's hear how how this set came to be and just, you know, please walk us through how to use these um, and the way to support support ourselves. All right. So thank you for your words. I feel the same way. I feel them as a gift in my own life. So after all these years as a trauma specialist, now I went to I've worked in China for it's been almost four years, a great deal of the time. In fact, I spent six months there. I got back in May. I spent six months in China working with the women of China. Now, every single woman in China is and, and probably person is an extreme, extreme, extreme trauma survivor. And I, I didn't work with one woman who hadn't been sexually abused as a child. Okay, so they're just and 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 beating children is how they believe is how you make the child a, a good person and bring out the best in the child. To this day, even in the traditional schools, children are still hit. Okay, so so I've spent a lot of time in China, and I and 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 people are still dealing with the cultural revolution in China, so that. You know, people I would I would work with often their parents had lived through the Cultural Revolution, where things happened like um, families. You know, if you if you had any money or were well educated, then you were sent to the countryside. But your family was totally split up. So one of my clients, her her you know her mother and father were sent to different places. The children were left. I mean, it, they were put in children were put in factory like places especially young children, and so uh, one child, you know, uh, one caregiver to such a large group of children. So anyway, all of that is to give you a sense. So 
something happened to me in China that was really challenging. A lot of things were really challenging in China. I was sent there by spirit. I, I do love the women of China very much. And so, you know, it, it was no easy mission, my work in China, for a lot of reasons. Um, at any rate, I remember saying to one of the clients that I had worked with for quite a while, I said to her, oh, my gosh, you have no empathy. I mean no empathy. This was after I experienced a challenge and I had told her about it. She said, you know, I don't have any empathy and nobody in China has any empathy. And that's when she started to say, let me tell you about the cultural revolution. And so uh, so that's why one of the flower essences is called developing empathy, and I'm going to talk about what it does. At any rate, after that, and she also said to me, and we don't trust anybody. We don't, none of us trust each other. There's no trust in China, and one of our great poets has written a poem about it. She said that's well-known in China. We don't trust each other. So at the same time, um, you know, Paris was under terrorist attack, you know, around the same time that I was in China. And so I sat back with spirit, and I know how powerful our flower essences are for a lot of reasons, which you and I have talked about previously. And I said to spirit, is there, is there a – at the time I thought this, this set might just be for China. And I said, is there a flower essence to assist people to recover from trauma that could I, – I, I, you know, I basically said, spirit, these people have so much trauma. They're in such suffering, even with all that I know about acceleration. There, I, I feel like there's got to be something else. And even with all the flower essences, is there something else? And so I was guided to bring through these trauma recovery solutions. And so let me, that's where they came from. And so being in this learning lab where everyone's trauma is off the chart. But I want to give you one more example of the kind of cases I had in China. A woman came, came to me, this is in Xi'an, and this lovely woman and she said, I, I, I can never forgive myself. I'm a murderer. So I asked her, okay, what, what have you done? And always working with a translator. Well, she had had two abortions. Now, most of the women have had eight, nine abortions, okay, partly because of lack of sexual education. And by the way, if this, if this our interview was ever aired in China, I would be blacklisted from China because we're not allowed to talk about sexual abuse or any of these things. The women were always frightened that they would get in trouble or that I would end up murdered or in jail for doing the work I was doing in China. Okay, that's how extreme it was. So anyway, um, so this woman said, you know, when I was five months pregnant, I was 20 years old, my mother-in-law forced me to have an abortion um, because she was, nobody would support my boyfriend and I to have the baby, and we didn't know how we could do it. And we really were trying to make it on our own, and we realized we couldn't. She said then she was married, and she was pregnant with a girl. Well, up until recently, there was the one-child policy, and everybody wants a boy. There are, this is how many more boys there are in China than girls. The same population as Canada. Okay, that's how many multi-million more boys there are in China. And I had one client who said, I have four great boyfriends. The, the, you know, the women have their pick there. So anyway, this woman was seven months pregnant with a girl. She said, my, my you know, that's really pregnant, Cindy, right? That's pregnant. I, I'm a she nurse, my, I know. Yep. Yeah, okay. My mother-in-law and my husband forced me to have the abortion. I was a coward. I didn't fight for my daughter. I can never forgive myself. Well, I'll tell you, Cindy, I became a whole different healer as a result of those kind of sessions where I said to Spirit, I have two hours with this woman in her entire life, and she's right. willing. She wants to heal. What can we do in two hours to, for this woman to release herself from this burden? But anyway, they were the kind of cases. So the trauma recovery set was born of those, of having a neon light on what, how trauma really affects us, and it turns out any trauma affects us in the same way. The goal of the trauma recovery set is to activate the spiritual potential that was deactivated during trauma. So it's a beautiful thing in that 
So the first essence in the set is awakening sensitivity. Okay, and that is about feeling. What happens in trauma? We shut down, we dissociate, we disconnect, right? We end up numb. Um, and so, so this journey back out of that for all of us, because the, the suppression of feelings, this is the norm. Even in what we would call the best of families, children, you know, what do we do? We give children a pacifier, we give them food, we try to make it all right. But the last thing we do is just let them feel their way through their experiences so they can heal. So we, everyone has been taught to suppress and throughout history, which is why it's really, really difficult for people to start to feel, even experience spiritual seekers to go to this new level of feeling because we're dealing with undoing history in order to actually feel at this new level. So awakening sensitivity is about awakening our ability, our, this deeper ability to feel and to sense. Uh, and so that's, that's what that flower essence does. And, and, you know, people are, the insensitivity of people everywhere, but I, you know, we become, when we shut down our feelings, when we're numb, we're also not sensitive to others. And what we truly, really, you know, would change our world is for everybody to become not only sensitive within themselves, but sensitive to other people. You know, so that's what awakening sensitivity does. It brings us back to our inherent sensitivity. So being nurtured. We, in the moments of trauma, whatever they were, we weren't nurtured. The tra- traumas we're dealing with, we didn't experience nurturing because if we had, that would have assisted us to heal them. So for most of the traumas that we're working with, we didn't receive the kind of nurturing we needed to overcome the trauma. In fact, oftentimes the trauma was happening with people that were our caregivers. So being nurtured, it's an essential aspect of the spiritual life. And yet because of our trauma, we lost the ability to nurture ourselves and to receive nurturing from the soul let alone nurture other people. And, and there are people I talk to, many people, you know, it's like nurturing. Okay, what's the big deal? Or alternatively, hmm, I don't know how I would nurture myself. And, Cindy, you know this as women, this is a big deal for us to learn to nurture ourselves. We're often really good at nurturing others, not very good at nurturing ourselves. So this flower essence brings the feeling to us that we are nurtured. And when we are nurtured, truly nurtured, so much changes in our life. So that's being nurtured. Developing empathy. So empathy, this is a complex flower essence as far as I'm concerned because, or it's dealing with a complex dynamic. We form unhealthy bonds with the people, for example, who abused us. Okay, for me it was my father and we, we, why do we form, you, people have heard of the Stockholm Syndrome, right? Why do we form unhealthy bonds with our abuser? Well, we think it's love, okay? We're, we, we confuse love and abuse. If this is, this is our father or this is our mother or our uncle or whomever, then, then this must be love. So we, first of all, think that, that what they're doing to us, like the punishment, for example, must be a form of love. Right, okay. it's because they so, care, because they care so much. Look, that, yep. right, yeah, it gets so very confusing. Healthy bond, this alliance with the very person who's abusing us. Well, here's the challenge with that: we grow up and we continue to have alliances with people who are, in fact, oppressing us because we have this unhealthy bond with the original people who oppressed us. And then, for in terms of empathy, so what in China. When people empathize with the abuser all the time, I'll give you an example. There was a, I worked with one woman, and she was truly wanted to heal. And her her mother heard about me, and her mother came in and wanted to work with me, and brought the the older sister. Now I already knew what the older sister had lived through. The older sister, because the father wanted her to get better math scores, he would hang her by a tree and beat her. Okay, 
And the uh, younger sister never saw it. The, the first client I work with, she never saw it. She just, and she was never hit by her father, but she heard the screams of her sister day after day being beaten for her math scores. So the younger sister was also traumatized. So the older sister came in with her mother, and the mother is saying, my husband is a good man except he has a violent temper. And I've been, I feel I've been really abused, and I, I know that I have to deal with it. And the older sister said, why do we have to say bad things about daddy? Why do we have to bring up the past? You know, why, why do we have to focus on his mistakes? And he did so many good things. Okay, this is called collusion with the oppressor. Okay, this man was her oppressor. He beat her throughout her childhood. Okay, and she wants to defend and protect him. And so often, you know, my mother would defend and protect my father. Now, she, she didn't consciously know about the abuse. He did a lot of other abusive things to myself and my brothers. And I can remember being about nine or ten years old and getting angry. That's righteous anger. When, when you're being abused, anger is, is healthy. And my mother said, dear, it's not, you cannot be angry at your father. You know, your father has challenged, you know, and all the, and she shut that anger right down, defending him. And later in life, this is true, Cindy, later in life, she said to me, I really... I, I, I don't believe your father sexually abused you. I said, Mom, he was, you know, my father was charged with sexual offenses with other children, young girls. And she said, oh, yeah, I think they were false charges. All those girls were lying. So she's defending and protecting the abuser. Well, this is because she was abused by someone, and I don't know who, because she thinks her childhood was perfect, but because she still is in denial about what happened to her as a child, She's with someone like my father and defending and protecting him. So the empathy is skewed. You know, her empathy was never for me or my siblings. It was always for my father. So empathy gets skewed. Then what's missing for us is that we didn't receive real empathy. And what I love, I've been taking this flower essence really regularly myself, developing empathy, and I'll talk about it in a moment. I'll have to speed up here about how to use this set. Because I realize that when, when we're healing a particular trauma, we're longing, whatever age it was, we're longing for empathy. It's a natural, it's a natural thing. The empathy is the healer. And so when we take this flower essence, we're, we're activating within ourselves the empathy we require in order to heal. So this, this is the healing of that essence. I'll speed it up here because of the time. But finding liberation, the one that, that you're taking, Rose Mount Shasta. If, if you know Mount Shasta, it's the most glorious place to go. It's a very transcendent place to be. It's as though you've left the earth plane and you feel liberated. And this flower essence brings us liberation from the trauma. It brings us liberation from our fears. So it's very, very powerful flower essence. Restoring trust. Every trauma has an element of betrayal of trust because all of them do. And so our trust was broken over and over. Well, either as a result we're too trusting, which I was as a young woman, I just trusted everybody, or we don't trust at all. Okay, and so, and, and so these issues of trust, one of the hardest things about working with the women in China is they don't trust anyone, including me. They think everybody has a motive. And so this restoring trust, I mean, they just, they just cannot believe that anyone would be trustworthy given what they've lived through. So restoring trust, though, is, is really key because it's true that not everyone is trustworthy, but it's also true that many people can be trusted. Nobody's perfect, but we mistrust the wrong people and we trust the wrong people and getting that right. And most importantly, learning to trust ourselves, to trust our intuition, to trust our heart, to trust our inner knowing. That's really, to, to trust our discernment. That's really key. And then lastly, we have taking shelter. And taking shelter Taking shelter is taking shelter from the storm. It's about, you know, it's about 
activating the energy of refuge within ourselves. So when we heal trauma, we're, we're, we're finding the safety that we lost, okay? We all, we all have had experiences in which we weren't safe. And taking shelter brings us back that, that, that innate feeling that we are safe, that we are held in the arms of the universe, okay, that we are loved. So how we take this set is you can either take a drop of the flower each. Now, it's designed so you take a drop of each of the six flower essences morning and night to activate these, these spiritual, reactivate these spiritual potentials. And as you do, it's true that some, some old trauma will come up, sometimes just specific ones, and sometimes just old traumatic feelings like powerlessness or something like that. But my biggest discovery, Cindy, that I'm so excited about is this. So when I got to China, it, it was very, under very difficult circumstances. I, it was around Thanksgiving last year, and my beautiful partner, Jonathan, you know, was having Thanksgiving dinner. Life went on, and I was triggered. I thought, oh, my God, I'm in, here for, I'm in China for all this time under these difficult circumstances, and everyone at home is having this lovely Thanksgiving. And I, what, I knew it was a trigger. And I, I said to Spirit, there's so much going on in China. I really have to speed up, once again, my own ability to heal my own trauma. I know that some trauma has been triggered. Because I had an intense reaction to not being there, to not being part of it, that people would have a good time without me, all of that. So here's what Spirit taught me. When a trauma is up, and I'll tell you about the trauma that came up for me, and I, I didn't know what it was, so I, Spirit said, take each of these flower essences, and I always like to say the name, Awakening Sensitivity Tulip Greenway. Take that and go into a meditation, you know, and just let the, and take the flower essence to the trauma even though you don't know it. So I transmitted the consciousness of this flower, which is in the bottle, right, to the trauma, and brought with the goal of bringing, you know, coming out of the numbness around it, so I could even remember it. And the trauma did come up, and it, here's the story. I was five years old. Um, we we weren't, a, you know, we we were kind of a low income family, and I had gotten a really really pretty dress and socks with a bow and shoes, and my I was so excited. And my mom was going to take taking me to my dad's place of work so that he could see me dressed up. And I was so happy. And we got there. My dad worked at a, a garage um, and a shell station. And we got there. And I'm all full of myself like, I'm pretty. And my father didn't even say hello to me. He just, he walked by me. He didn't notice me. And so what I, the so the feelings were I felt unimportant. Okay, so just to, so people can understand the difference between emotions and feelings, my emotions about everybody going on with Thanksgiving, you know, I was emotional. I, I knew it. I just was emotional. I'm like, if I'm emotional, if I'm emotional about something external, there's trauma underneath. So I knew exactly what to do. So I felt, and it was a deep, deep, deep feeling of being unimportant. So then I went to being nurtured. And I took it to, again, I transmitted the essence of the feeling of being nurtured to this little five-year-old girl, okay, that it just bringing her nurturing in this really difficult moment. And, again, I stayed with it, you know, for a period of time. You know, eight minutes is, I've learned, is kind of the minimum. Most people are pretty intuitive and just feel your way through it. Then developing empathy. There was no empathy. My mother didn't even notice. She didn't really even, and she never understood the situation. And so bringing empathy to that child, bringing empathy to the child, and then staying with it, and then finding liberation and transmitting that energy of finding liberation from this feeling of unimportance in relation to my father, and then how that would play out in my life. Because every one of these feelings that we're holding from the past pervades our life. And then restoring trust. Okay, just generally for me, I wanted to, re took the essence to the child so her trust could be restored. 
meditated, and then taking shelter. I imagine that there was a little place that little girl could retreat to that was safe for her, where she was being nurtured, where she was receiving empathy, okay? And so it, so it took, you know, it takes, what, eight, six, four, eight, let's say you would need 45 minutes to an hour to do it. I was guided to do it for two more days. At the end of three days, I had cleared that trauma, Okay. And now, there's one more part to the story. It doesn't always take three days. I'm working on a trauma right now. It's taking longer. It's a deeply, deeply repressed trauma. And so I'm working with the set as guided. So I took it one day, and then I work through what comes up. And now, a few days later, I take it again. But here's the last thing to know about this, is that the, the, one of my clients in China, she was the first woman to take the set, by the way, She's the woman who said none of us have empathy. She's a really, really bright woman who really wants to heal and really honest about things. And so she, she called me in China and she said, I had such a hard night last night. I didn't sleep. I can hardly work today. She has a pretty high-powered job. I feel so powerless. And I said, did you start taking the trauma recovery solutions? She said, yes, I only took one drop of each once. And I said, well, you're pretty sensitive, and they've gone to work. And she said, I don't think I can take this set. It's too hard. And so the guidance was to, to have another flower. We have another flower essence called divine imminence, and that it was the flower essence to assist us in those tough moments of trauma. So I said to this woman, you have divine imminence. Start taking it, you know, right now, every 20 minutes, and let me know what happens. The next day she said, I'm completely through the feeling of powerlessness. I know I can handle this healing. And she went forward, and the healing, it was never that difficult again. It was the first, you know, it was, she never had, faced, never had the feeling again, I can't do this. So divine imminence, I didn't put it in the box. And I'll tell you why. People say, why didn't you create a box of seven? The actual reason was, that I, I didn't, this essence cannot be used in some countries. Like in China, religion is legal. So I couldn't sell the trauma set in China with this essence as part of it. So, but I really consider part of it. And when you do this healing process, and I know we've got to end, that I just taught everybody, take divine imminence before and divine imminence after, a dropper full, because it keeps, it keeps raising you up. It keeps reminding you you're sacred and holy being, and this is all an illusion. And the last thing I'll say is that um, Nancy, our, our, my assistant, told me, Cindy, that um, we're advertising in your magazine a code SPIRIT30 for 30% off all flower essences in December. So... Which is beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And to to find them, you can go to Spirit Seeker Magazine, of course, and you'll see the full page ad. It's absolutely a beautiful ad. Um, or you can go directly to lavidelarose.com, which is L A V I E D E L A R O S E dot com. Um, I I just want to say, you know, Kuan Yin is a bodhisattva. Mm-hmm. And I know Kuan Yin's in all of the work that you're doing. She's one of, you know, she's one of my guides. And I know she's help working overtime right now. Um, and what Kuan Yin says is that, you know, she pours out her compassion. She, she is an ascended master, could have, you know, she'd done all the stuff with all the karma. She cleared it all, and she could have been on the yeah. other side doing, you know, totally doing her work from there and, and taking it a little bit easier. But instead she said no. I will stay on the earth plane and help others until they too reach the state. But one of our greatest teachings is you must have compassion for yourself first and then extend it out. And so I love that how you're talking, you know, um, you know, you're teaching and guiding people to reclaim themselves, build themselves up. Don't be afraid. There's nothing you can't handle. All of it is part of the journey and all of it can be healed. And so, you know, that's the beautiful part. Trauma, um, you know, drama does not release trauma, but sometimes you have to go into <laughs> some of the drama in order to, to get it clear. Right. And, and the big thing is is that then once you get to the other side, there's just this beautiful way of you will attract people to you that you too will help and steward. It's part of the, it's part of the healing so how beautiful, Natalia. And I, you know, we could both go on and on. You know, like so many children have not been heard by their parents, and oftentimes the abuser is the parent, but then the parent who knows about it that doesn't acknowledge it 
becomes part of the tangled web. And each person, you know, has their role in it, but the person we can work with is ourselves. And then once we've done awesome. that, then, you know, then we can we can go along. It never means what happened is okay. That's that's part of the forgiveness. But oh my goodness. I cannot thank you enough. I know I knew your work was changing. I knew it. I just felt it. You were already doing great work and this taking it to another level. So listeners, tell people about this show. Remember it is here, it is archived. And um Dr. Natalia, thank you so much for being my guest. Oh, and, thank uh, you, Cindy. <laughs> okay, okay so listeners, friend, thank, thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you again. And we will be back on the air um, next week and then the second week in December, and then we will be off until the first part of January. So remember to use that code and get your 30% off all the month of December, which is quite beautiful. Thank you, thank you, thank you, and good night, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Natalia. Okay. Good night, Cindy. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Okay. All right, bye. <laughs> 